0: Hi and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Aguiar. Come walk with me through the life and ministry of Jesus Christ as told by Mark in his gospel. We'll journey with the Savior to the cross and celebrate the good news of his true salvation. I pray that as you hear God's word it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in faith, hope, joy, and peace. And the world can use more of that right now, don't you think? Let's dig in. Mark chapter 10, verses 32 to 52. Jesus cares to know what you want him to do for you. Twice in this next passage, Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? Each situation is different as they come to him with different attitudes. Given that, hopefully it will make you stop and think about how you approach Jesus in prayer. Let's dig in. Mark chapter 10, we're at the and finishing off this chapter starting in verse 32 jesus again predicts his death they were now on the way up to jerusalem and they're going up even though they're going south up they say up to jerusalem because jerusalem was up on hills up on mountains anyway up to jerusalem and jesus was walking ahead of them the disciples were filled with awe and the people followed behind following behind were overwhelmed with fear. Taking the 12 disciples aside, Jesus once more began to describe everything that was about to happen to him. Listen, he said, we're going up to Jerusalem where the son of man will be betrayed to the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die and hand him over to the Romans or the Gentiles. They will mock him, spit on him, flog him with a whip, and kill him. But after three days, he will rise again. Jesus teaches about serving others. Verse 35, then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request? He asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you one on your right and the other on your left but jesus said to them you don't know what you are asking are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering i am about to drink are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering i must be baptized with oh yes they replied we are able Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. Verse 41, when the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. That hasn't changed. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus heals blind Bartimaeus, verse 46. Then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, um, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. Many people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asks. My rabbi, or rabboni, the blind man said, I want to see. Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. That's the end of Mark chapter 10. The Messiah will be killed. Why did Jesus refer to himself as the son of man in the third person? Well, that stems way back to the Old Testament and a prophecy of Daniel. This so one, Daniel chapter seven. See, The Old Testament's rather important to the New Testament. <laughs> you really can't, you know, the, the New Testament doesn't make sense without the Old Testament. So we're in Daniel chapter seven, verse 13. So Daniel's having a vision. And so, Um, So um, so he's, he's saying, as my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. So Son of Man refers to the Jewish Messiah, the king that was coming with authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world. Unfortunately, the Jews were expecting the Messiah to get rid of the Roman oppressors once and for all. However, that was not how it was going to work. Jesus came to save the first time. It's in his second coming that he'll come in the clouds to eliminate not just oppressors, but the Antichrist, the false prophet, and Satan all at once. That's all in the book of Revelation. And I've done a study on that. um, And I also have a a video series that I embedded into my blog. So it makes it easy for you to to, uh, listen to it, which really explains the whole book of Revelation. So whichever way you prefer, reading, listening, or watching. I've got it for you over in my blog. The link is in the show notes. So um, Jesus didn't come right out and say, I am the Messiah, because people would have wanted to make him king right then and there. Now, Jesus predicts his suffering and death. And here, Jesus, for the third time, tells his disciples what's ahead of him in Jerusalem. He's giving them fair warning, yet they still don't get it. Though Jesus raised several people from the dead, they still had no concept of the resurrection. Thus, James and John wanted to make sure they got prominent positions in the coming kingdom. They had no idea, nor could they fathom, what really was going to happen only a few days later. Jesus did end up with a person on either side of him, two criminals. It had nothing to do with political leadership or power. And this reflects again what he said about the least, the last, and the lowest. And um, I have a really great picture from Free Bible Limited images.org uh, by good news productions international and, um on of, of jesus crucified with the two thieves with the thieves on each side of him uh or criminals so you can click on my blog take a look at that one son of david lastly we have blind bartimaeus and there's a lot going on here so let's unpack it so in those days a blind person had no way to make a living except to beg he was situated on the road to Jerusalem it was just before Passover, and there were many people on the road making the annual pilgrimage. Similar to our Christmas giving season, people were generous to the poor. Bartimaeus heard the commotion, and when he heard it was Jesus, he knew that he could heal his blindness. He cried out, Son of David! That was another reference to the Messiah notice that jesus didn't tell him to be quiet as he was on the way to the cross like he had done previously with all the people he healed so i turned again to the gospel of mark part five bible study from the free you version bible app and i quote bartimaeus may have been physically blind but those around him were spiritually blind it's ironic because People mindlessly traveled to usher in Passover, which celebrated the future Messiah and salvation. They were blindly unaware the Messiah was already in their midst. Yet this blind man knew. He saw. He cried out. Not only did Bartimaeus cry out, but when led to Jesus, he left his cloak behind, a decision born from faith. Think of it this way. You're in Times Square at Christmas time. Now close your eyes, drop your wallet and walk away. What are the odds you'll find it again with your eyes closed? But if you knew you could retrieve it with your eyes open, you would faithfully let it go. Bartimaeus cast off his most treasured possession knowing he would be healed. There's a lovely paradigm in the life of this blind man, and it's one of Mark's motifs in his writing. Mark conveys the notion that many people who believe they are following Jesus are merely following an idea, a crowd, a tradition. They are spiritually blind. Yet Bartimaeus comes on the scene with no premise, no motive, no shallowness of religiosity, just an awareness of who Jesus is with faith that he will meet his needs and the desire for true discipleship. By following him. That's by Lisa Sapp. Again, that's in the Gospel of Mark, part five. And there's a link to that in my blog. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asks. Notice that Jesus asked the same question to James and John and to Bartimaeus. And notice, too, that only Bartimaeus got what he wanted because he believed. He was sincere. He asked with a different attitude. He became a follower of Jesus. Bartimaeus knew who Jesus was. I imagine, though blind, Bartimaeus sat in the back of the temple or synagogue and listened intently to the readings of the Old Testament prophets. He had no doubts as to who Jesus was. Are you spiritually blind? So what do you want Jesus to do for you? The one thing he can give you, if you honestly and sincerely want it, is salvation. So if you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get the one-way, non-stop ticket to heaven after you die or that you won't be left behind at the rapture, which can happen in any moment, this is what you have to do. Believe, repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit. So believe, have faith that Jesus is a Christ and he died taking your sins away forever and that he rose from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins, that is, stop sinning, do a, a complete 180 degree turn in your life and surrender your life to Him. Be baptized by water baptism, show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ. And receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. So invite Jesus into your heart right now and receive the gift of grace and the confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do. There's prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says, How to Invite Jesus into Your Heart. Um, Oh, and in the bottom of my blog, um, I have a very appropriate uh, worship song called Son of David. Solidero Gloria. To God alone be the glory. If you're a born-again believer helping a Catholic friend or family member start reading the Bible, it's a great idea to give them one. But which version or translation would be a good one for them? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain, everyday English. And I know many evangelical Christians are very much attached to the King James Version. That's fine if that's what you grew up with. Remember, Catholics have grown up with priests and nuns telling them they don't need to read the Bible. All they have to do is trust the church to teach them what they need to know. Only they don't, and that's the problem. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and thousands, and stopped reading it. Totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version, or the NIV. And that was the best for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New King James Version, or NKJV, and the New Living Translation, the NLT. I'm now an affiliate of Christian book distributors, and I've chosen three study Bibles that would be a great gift for that Catholic or progressive friend whom you'd like to help get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. They are also, a great, they're also great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. And by the way, all commissions will be donated to one or more of the Bible translating ministries listed on my site. So give the gift of the Word of God and help spread the Word while you're at it. Are you a born again Christian with Catholic friends or family members? Have you struggled with how to bring up the truth of Jesus' salvation? I had the same problem. So I put together a free ebook, The Catholic Mission Field in Our Backyards. It's a guide to help you start the conversation and plant the seed that will get them thinking, am I missing something? Check it out. It's a free download on my website. You'll find the link in the show notes. Oh, please let me know if it helped you. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times, but know that things aren't falling apart. They are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20 to 22, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my Father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what He is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking it's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 peter three nine the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14,